This is Truth Pop. Hey, we are doing this thing. It is another episode of Truth Pop. What is up? It is Jake with my beautiful wife, Kathy. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's been a long time since we've done a podcast together. So let's just first start out, babe, by saying it is so good to be back on the mic with you. We've we've really missed this, oh, you know? Yes, yes. We have missed you so much. We got news maybe a month or so ago that, um, you know, as we we're like, just exploring what's going on and I'm taking medicine and we're really hoping and praying that we're going to have a baby someday. Um, The doctor told us about a month ago that uh, he doesn't really just have a lot of hope for us, that he thinks that it's just sort of like a dead end path for us. But um, we really picked up our our prayer power, right, babe? We started a novena. Yeah, it was actually on Ash Wednesday when we had our appointment and it was just such a hard day when we when we got that news that our doctor said you know he just really doesn't want to give a lot of hope to us and that's when we decided well let's let's pray so we're doing a 54 day novena and um we're on day 24 so yeah we're just we are praying for a miracle so if you could pray with us, we would greatly appreciate that. I'm sure you'd agree with this. It's just been so comforting to get these messages on our social media pages and people reaching out saying that they're praying for us and also just sharing their own story of, you know, their battle with infertility. Um, it's it's not an easy thing to talk about. And I think we've made that point clear on past episodes. But the best thing that we can do is just continue to update you and let you know where we're at and just reminding you. Um, that prayers do work. So whatever it is that you are going through, maybe consider that. Maybe consider a rosary novena uh, for 54 days. And if you need some information about that, feel free to hit us up on our Facebook page uh, for Truth Pop. And we'd be happy to get you some resources to get started on that. But that's just a little bit of an update on where we're at. Um, but of course, what we normally do on this episode is you know, on these episodes, we are a young adult married couple and we connect Christ into culture. And so we we take pop songs, we take movies, TV shows, just different elements of pop culture. And we ask ourselves that question, where's God? You know, where's the transcendent? Where's the good, the true, and the beautiful? Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, crummy stuff in Hollywood and pop culture, but we as Catholics are called to be the light and we are called to bring Jesus into that dark culture that is there. And uh, really, honestly, babe, we've been excited about truth popping this song from Justin Bieber because it's been a big song for a while now. And I think when we first heard it, we're like, yeah, we definitely have to truth pop this song. Yeah. So the song is called Holy by Justin Bieber featuring Chance the Rapper. Not only is it catchy, but the lyrics are actually really profound. The way you hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me. The chorus goes, the way you hold me feels so holy, running to the altar like a track star. Can't wait another second because the way you hold me feels so holy. So what Justin Bieber is talking about in this song, of course, is, you know, the beautiful gift of sexuality. And I, I, I have to give credit where credit is due. I think this song is touching on something that's really important. And our church has a lot of just treasured resources 
and the teaching of theology of the body. And I think that this song is just maybe slightly cracking the surface of what theology of the body is all about in the sense that, you know, our bodies are very special. You know, our bodies are, are truly holy. You know, when, when we're given these bodies, we are meant to be a gift to the other person. You know, we are truly meant to live out our sexuality in a way that God had intended. I think so often, you know, there might be that puritanical idea if you hear a song like this thinking, oh, wait, sex is holy? What? That's blasphemous. And like, you know, I I could understand why someone might think that at first, but if you really think about it, you know, I think what Justin Bieber is hinting at here is that sexuality is, it's truly a gift. It is truly something that God gave us that we're not meant to demonize. You know, we're not meant to think, oh, this is so dirty. We, we can't think about sex. No, the church in its proper place has so much respect and dignity for the gift of sexuality that it is meant to be something that is treasured and respected. You know, this really hits on the idea of sacramental marriage. Sacramental marriage in the church between a man and a woman is the expression of God's love, which is free, total, fruitful, and faithful. A lot of people don't know that a sacramental marriage is not valid until a husband and wife consummate their marriage with a sexual union. God's desire is for us to love our beloved as he loves the church. You know, sexuality is such an incredible gift. And so often we bring these distorted ideas of sex because of all of our experiences and influences from the culture. You know, when I first began dating, I brought that idea into dating that love is just a strong emotion and I could just get it from the right person. Even though I was taught by my Catholic upbringing that sex should be preserved for marriage, I still really pushed a lot of my boundaries and I continued to, you know, give myself to boys I was dating that didn't rightly belong to them. And it wasn't until I met you, Jake, when you told me, you said that you did not want to kiss passionately until marriage. And I was so blown away by this because for the first time I felt like a guy didn't want something from me. On that point, babe, I'm going to read another one of Justin Bieber's lyrics in the song Holy because it kind of sums up how probably the best way I can respond to that. He says, I hear a lot about sinners don't think that I'll be a saint. And that's kind of like me, too. I kind of have to be honest and humble here. You know, as Kathy was just crediting me for that, honestly, I am the biggest sinner of it all when it comes to abusing the gift of sexuality. And honestly, it was through my past mistakes and my past sins and in terms of, um, you know, my sexual baggage that I was bringing into marriage. It was kind of through those mistakes that I kind of learned what I wanted to do differently going into our relationship because, um, yeah, I mean, Kathy, you talk about your journey and, you know, I appreciate you being candid about that. And I had a journey too. Um, you know, a decade ago, I was not the same person that I am now in the sense that I was addicted to, um, you know, impurity on the internet and, um, you know, just the way that I even thought about women was just so unholy and so unhealthy. And I can honestly say that, it, you know, it was through a lot of music that I was listening to um, that really started to form my brain into, you know, the wrong, um, the wrong mold, honestly, just forgetting what sex is all about. Um, 
and I guess it's kind of a tangent, I will say that's part of the reason we launched this podcast is because we've seen firsthand the impact that music has on our souls. But like I said, backtrack a decade ago, dealing with the sexual sin, I was just in the confessional a lot. I was going to confession probably every week at least um, because I kept sinning and I kept making mistakes. And frankly, I didn't always have that firm purpose of amendment. That's what a priest would say, you know, if they can sense that a person is not really truly sorry for their sin. Um, I was sort of just stuck in that cycle where, you know, I'd confess it, be like, good, I'm not going to do it again. And then you fall into sin again. And I remember talking to a priest one time in confession and he was very blunt with me and he said, you know, honestly, what I can sense you're doing is eating from the dumpster. (laughs) And at first thought that sounds a little weird. I'm like, uh, no, father, I am not eating from the dumpster. I am eating healthy meals. But what he was trying to explain to me, and this is actually very poignant. He was saying that like, in terms of the way that you know, we use our bodies and the way that I was looking at sexuality, I was truly scraping the dumpster. He goes on to to say to me in the confessional that like, we have this banquet, like the church does not condemn sexuality in the proper context of sacramental marriage. It is truly like a steak dinner. But here we are in this culture that's just so bombarded with sexual imagery and messaging. And it says, well, no, you can, you can have sex. You can do sex, whatever you want to do, anytime you want. And we think that's freedom, but freedom is actually the ability to do what one ought, not what one wants. And so when we're enslaved to our passions, when we're enslaved to just our lust, what we're doing is we're just like wild animals out in the dumpster. And we think that we're getting a good meal, but we're not. And that really, really, really started to make me think a lot more about the way that I was harming my future marriage. Because, Kathy, I didn't know you yet. I didn't know who you were. But I started praying for you, you know. And I, we've, we've talked about this. We talked about it with a guest, Arlene Spenceley, back maybe a year or so ago. And we talked about, like, you know, praying for your future spouse. And that, to me, really was a good thing for me to do because I started realizing that the way I was looking at sex was all about me and it wasn't about you. And so I started writing future letters to you, babe. And I'm not saying this to to gloat or anything, because honestly, as I was doing that, I was still struggling with this sin. But eventually I could see that evolution, that God was really taking the reins from my heart and helping me to um, be restored, you know, to to soften my heart and to really see the, the way that women were being treated, you know, as they're treated in this culture right now. My point in saying all this is, again, just to reiterate the point that when we hear about the the church and sexuality, it's so easy to just assume that all like, it's just a list of things I can't do. But the way I've learned to look at it is it's really a list of things that we get to do in its proper time and place, right? Like, because the church wants us to succeed in our marriage. The Catholic church wants us to have a fruitful marriage. They want us to have a marriage that's not, you know, panicked about the spouse addicted to pornography or, you know, couples worried about whether the spouse is going to cheat, but it's, it's meant to be free. It's meant to be truly free in the way that God intended before Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. You know, this kind of gets to the heart of theology of the body, which is what St. Pope John Paul II teaches about. He says that we are all designed for self-giving love, just like you said, and God made us in his image to reflect himself, to reflect the Trinity, three divine persons giving completely in love to one another. 
And we really get an idea of God's original plan for marriage and sexuality when we look back in Genesis before the fall, um, when God created Adam. God said, it is not good that man should be alone. God created Adam different from the animals. He not only had a body, but he had a body and a soul. God created Eve as a beautiful complementary to man so that they could give themselves fully to each other as equal partners. Genesis chapter 2 verse 25 says, And the man and his wife were both naked and unashamed. St. John Paul II explains how when a man and a woman become one flesh, their bodies are expressing their living souls. And this is even more than just a physical union, but a deep personal union where man and woman give their true selves to each other as free, total, faithful, and fruitful gifts. Our church teaches that sex has a twofold purpose. So the first purpose is for procreation, to be open to life as we are co-creators with God. And this is such a beautiful gift. And the church doesn't teach that every time a man and a woman engage that they plan to become pregnant because the church has a beautiful teaching called Natural Family Planning, NFP. And this is when a couple learns about a woman's natural cycle And so they can kind of plan when to engage and they can kind of know when they would most likely become pregnant or not become pregnant while still being open to life. The second purpose of sexual union in a marriage is to be intimate with one another and God. And this is such a beautiful thing because when a man and a woman engage in marital marital intimacy, they are renewing their marriage vows and they're becoming one. And and babe, I think just going back to the garden, right? I love that you brought up Adam and Eve. I love that you went there because it's just, it kind of shows, I guess, the way that we as humans have failed from the beginning of time, right? They, like, okay, let's be real. God knew that we were going to screw up. He knew we were going to fall. And yet he still wants us to be restored. And I think that that's the hope because I, I don't want anyone to listen to this podcast and like feel like, oh, you know, that the church is condemning this person if they've had premarital sex because look, we are all wounded creatures. You know, I've shared my story. Kathy shared hers. We are all wounded and broken in some way. And when you get into marriage, you learn that we all are bringing in some kind of baggage. So that's just kind of inevitable. But I really just kind of hope that this idea of theology of the body, like maybe explore the teachings of what St. John Paul II was really getting at. There's a great book from Dr. Edward Shree called Men, Women, and the Mystery of Love. And it's like more of a <laughs> simplified version of JP2's writing because it's can, it's going to be a little hard to ingest all that. But um, man, I would just, I would encourage you to maybe check that out because it's really good. It's it's very hopeful to just be reminded of the fact that no one is too far gone, right? Like the, the reason why I think so often we just keep falling in that that dumpster per se is because we think that God won't forgive us. We think that there's no chance for us to be redeemed. We think that there's no new beginning, but there is. And that's part of the hope too. That is part of the story. And just that continual reminder that God made sex for us to to give, to receive, and to, to truly experience what Christ's love on the cross was all about. 
you know, everybody struggles with the effects of original sin. Everyone is influenced in some way by our culture. And, you know, sometimes it's easy to to give up hope and to say, you know, this is too hard. This teaching is way too difficult. But when we embrace Jesus on the cross and we realize that he came here to die for his bride, the church, to restore us and to transform us to Christ-like figures, we can learn to embrace this difficult teaching. Another thing that is so amazing is when we receive Jesus in the Eucharist. You know, that is so powerful because we are becoming one with Jesus when we receive him. And I really like in the song when he says, running to the altar like a track star, that really makes me think about how when we are going to receive the Eucharist, when we're going to communion, I always kind of want to like run up there. Like, you know, we're supposed to walk very slowly and be social distance now, but we can be so excited to, to become one with Jesus and to receive him. And that can allow him to transform our hearts and transform our marriages. Yeah. And, you know, on that point, babe, like, you know, sexuality is not meant to fulfill us in the way that God fulfills us. So um, I think a lot of people experience brokenness in their marriage because they think, well, I'm supposed to be satisfied sexually. I'm supposed to see my significant other, my spouse as my savior. We can talk about this in just a few minutes when we rate the song, babe, but I don't want someone to hear the song or I don't want someone to hear about you know, the church's teachings on sexuality and think that that's the end-all be-all. Sexuality and the human gift of giving our bodies to the other, it's meant to point to a higher purpose. It's meant to point ultimately to what you mentioned, babe, at the Mass, but the ultimate fulfillment of the resurrection, where our bodies are one day going to be glorified with God's and, you know, our bodies are going to rise from the dead. Like, our bodies are not just going to be here on earth, but they're going to be sanctified and they're going to be joined in the beatific vision with God. And so experiencing sexuality and the pleasure and, you know, the, the wonderful gift that it is, it's just a taste of heaven. It's just a taste of what's to come. So let's continue to remember that, that when we talk about sex being holy, we talk about it being holy because it points to God and it points to something that our our souls and our deepest longing are really yearning for. We think we can find it in the dumpster, but it's just it's just garbage there. We have to wait for the steak, the, the dinner, the banquet, and that ultimate banquet is set up uh, in the kingdom of God. How many truth pop points would you give this song? So as we talk about this song, Holy from Justin Bieber and Chance the Rapper, I've given just a little bit of my thoughts about it, but babe, I want to hear your thoughts first. Like out of the scale of one to 10, how many truth pop points would you rate the song in terms of truth, beauty, and goodness? I would rate this song an eight. I really love how he allows sexuality to be uh, seen in a holy light. And it really just enlightens what the church teaches about on how sex is holy and how it really can bring you closer to God. I'm going to drop it down to probably a seven. I think the song is great and I completely agree with everything you said about it. I'm just kind of like, for me, I'm I'm, I'm a little bit more like perplexed when it comes to Chance the Rapper's part in the song because he, he talks about um, the one line in the song that I take issue with is he says, I know the spots that got the best weed, we go in next week. So it seems a little random. I don't really know what that line has to do with anything. I think he's just kind of going off on like what he and his 
you know, spouse or girlfriend can do together. But I mean, smoking weed with your significant other does not really sound romantic, nor is it holy. So um, I'm going to leave that tangent where it is. But that's the reason why it just doesn't really seem to fit in with the overall theme of what the song is getting at. Um, but if you want to give us your thoughts, uh, always email us, uh, truthpopproductions at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook, uh, Instagram, we're there too. And um, we'd really love to just connect with you there. And we're going to wrap up with a celebrity prayer circle. This is the Celebrity Prayer Circle on Truth Pop. This is a segment on the podcast where we just pray for someone in Hollywood who might be struggling or going through something. You know, sometimes you hear in like gossip magazines or glamour magazine, whatever, Vogue, I, it's not like I'm reading these things, but it's like so, it's so quick to like just gossip about a celebrity. But we thought here at Truth Pop, let's pray for that celebrity and pray um, that God might be with them. So who are we talking about and praying about today, Kathy? So let's pray for... Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, since they're going through a divorce, and I can't imagine that pain that that they're going through after splitting up, you know, and being together for so long. I mean, how long were they together? Do you know, babe? Um, I mean, I remember, like, I think they had their, was it their baby North, Northwest? Yeah, in like 2013. So, I mean, it's been good part of the decade that they've been together. And, you know, we've talked on the podcast about Kanye West and his conversion, which I truly believe is sincere. And I don't want to speculate or anything like that. But again, we just want to pray for them and pray that, you know, their marriage can can uh, be patched together. You know, we never want to just give up on a marriage. Let's just continue to fight for marriage. And as we're talking about here with this this episode, let's let's just pray that more people can come to understand that marriage is is a it's about the other person. It's not about my own personal happiness. You want to lead us in prayer as we pray for Kim and Kanye. Let's pray a glory be in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Lord, we give to you Kanye and Kim. We ask that you please give them peace during this time. And if it be your will, please, Lord, restore their marriage. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. And I'll just reiterate too, you can always reach out to us if you need prayer. Send us your prayer intention anytime. It'd be so good to hear from you. Again, uh, truthpopproductions at gmail.com. It's a good way to, you know, if you want to make it private or you can always DM us too. That's great. So um, we'd really love to just hear what you're, hear how you're doing, what you're going through in any way that we can pray for you. Uh, We are a fam here. This is the Truth Pop fam. (laughs) So anyway, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Take out. This is Truth Pop.